Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. Hello, everybody. It's me. It's Edwin. Thank you for joining the Business Leadership Podcast. I'm really excited to share today's episode. My guest today is Hamza Teherani. He is the CIO of the Canvas Group Canada, CEO of Canvas Digital Labs, and also the president of the CIO Association of Canada. I really enjoyed our conversation. For one, it was my first time taking the podcast on the road. So I had an amazing opportunity to see their new, fairly new offices in the west end of the greater Toronto area within Mississauga. I got to check out their innovation lab, see some of their new technology that they're working with and they're integrating with. And during our conversation, it was just amazing hearing his story, how he grew as a leader, what he found out by asking directors how he could help them achieve their goals, and what he learned from software development to hardware infrastructure and ultimately how he developed his personal brand by harnessing the business mindset and wrapping it up with the technology background that he had. So I'm sure you will enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Hello everyone, Edwin Frondozo here. Welcome to another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. It is my pleasure to introduce today's guest, Hamza Tarani. Hamza is the CEO of Compass Digital Labs and also the CIO of Compass Group Canada, with over 20 years in driving technology and business strategy, while directly contributing to both top and bottom line results. Prior to Compass Group, Hamza worked at Allstream, the largest enterprise telecommunications company in Canada, where he was Director of Business Transformation and IT Enterprise Architecture. Hamza also has held various technical and management roles at Bell Canada. Hamza is a invited keynote speaker at various North American conferences every year, focused on technology, innovation, and driving business results. Lastly, in his spare time, Hamza serves as president of the CIO Association of Canada. Welcome to the show, Hamza. Thanks very much for having me. Awesome. So first off, thank you so much for inviting me to your fairly new beautiful office here. It's actually the first time that I took the podcast on the road, so recording in person. So thank you, A, for getting me out of the office. But what I want to do is I want to get started with you, Hamza. Please tell me, just tell me a bit about yourself. Who are you and, and what do you like to do? Well, thanks, Edwin, for having me on uh, on today. I think it's uh, it's great. I'm excited about this project and excited to uh, hear a whole bunch of the other other folks that are going to be on it as well. Um, I was uh, I was actually born in in London, England. I'm going to take you back right to the beginning. I was born in London, England. My parents uh, immigrated to Canada when uh, I was about three years old, and so I lost my British accent, as you can tell. And uh, we've been in, in Canada ever since. And I've had a, you know, the opportunity to have a, uh, you know, a great uh, career and career opportunities here in, in Canada. And, and at the moment, what I do is support innovation across um, North America, you know, as part of this large organization that I work for Compass Group. And uh, I, I get to do some pretty exciting things. And I'm, I'm pretty lucky at, at some of the opportunity I have to drive innovation in the marketplace. Awesome. I'm definitely going to get more into how you're driving innovation. 
but what do you just to get a bit more about you who you are what are you doing on your spare time and, and what do you like to do well I love to uh, I love to to run I love to work out I love to play basketball I, I grew up playing basketball and uh, basketball is one of those things that you know when I'm on the basketball court I really forget about everything that's going on in the world uh, for that hour or two hours that I'm playing uh, it's pretty well the only thing I can concentrate on uh, and uh, you know, it, it's uh, staying competitive and staying fit to be able to uh, to enjoy myself while playing. Awesome, that's great. It's glad to hear that you're you're keeping fit as well. So, back to you and your job. Tell us about your current role here at Compass Digital Labs. Uh, what are you guys trying to do and, and trying to accomplish here? So, Compass Group is uh, is a sixteen billion dollar U.S. based organization. Actually, we're we're based. Our headquarters is based out of the U.K. Uh, we're a $30 billion global hospitality company. In the U.S. and Canada, it's about $16 billion. And what we do is we, we support food, hospitality, and retail um, services across the world. In the United States, we have about 250,000 employees. In, uh, around the globe, we are the sixth largest employer on the planet, so we have about 515,000 employees. Um, we run around 30,000 retail stores across North America. And then we also do services. So, for instance, we will be running the concessions and the luxury boxes in a stadium. Um, we'll be running the retail in your university. We'll be running a, a retailer services in a hospital or in an airport. Um, and we run in what's called non-traditional retail. So most of our uh, operations are non-street front. But we do run also some high-end restaurants. And we also do uh, big events like the Oscars and the Grammys. We'll, we'll, do, uh, uh, we'll do really, really high-end uh, catering and services for events like that. And, uh, and, and it's pretty diverse. It's pretty diverse. Well, it's pretty amazing. As, as I looked into the Compass Group around I was really impressed in terms of the scope they did. I guess in terms of the, the top level, where else does the organization need to or are looking to grow if you're already in the stadiums, in the schools, you have restaurants. Where else are you guys growing? Well, I mean, it's a it's a big marketplace, Edwin. I, I think the the potential to have there's a lot of organizations still that are doing self operated uh, food service and hospitality. So, you know, we, we believe that you know we're we're experts in doing that and, and our ability to, to you know to run um, retail, consumer experience, food, hospitality services. That's what we focus on, and so we believe more and more people will will want to outsource that. You know those pieces of work and do the the core things um, that they're really good at, um, and it, it is a very big marketplace. So you know we we continue to uh, to grow in that marketplace. So along with the Compass Group, you're also the CEO of Compass Digital Groups. So I'm really curious to find how the Compass Digital Groups came upon from a food service industry giant like the Compass Group? I mean, how did you get there? Yeah, you know, five years ago when I started in, uh, in Compass, I was an uh, employee of one, and there was really um, you know, no other uh, technology, forward-facing consumer engagement technology folks. So there was a, a fairly decent um, technology team, um, an IT team, but nothing really around consumer experience. And so, you know, today we sit... Uh, at an organization which is 60 people and growing um, and those people are, are supporting innovation and technology across North America. Uh, a lot of the way we grew that to answer your question was we started to show business results very early on. So it was really about talking about not just the technology because there's so many people that can bring technology to the table but it's what are you going to do with the technology? 
How are you going to drive business results? And so very early on, we, we got involved in our sales process, and we started to craft these really beautiful digital stories of how, as a retail and hospitality company, how we could layer digital on and understand human experience and human-centered design and, and really impact that consumer journey. And that really resonated with our clients, and it really grew organically from there. Wow, it's, it's really great and really, really refreshing in terms of hearing how it grew organically, being human-centric. Can you share maybe an experience that myself or our listeners may have gone through not knowing that it came from this, this internally from this project? Yeah, um, you know, if you go into uh, the, the Hamilton Ticats, if you go into Tim Hortons Field to watch a CFL game, um, we recently launched a, an app there that does mobile pre-order prepay and you can do in your seat ordering. Um, but we're also at, at some, some pretty large uh, university campuses as well. So while you may not see us directly on the street front, um, if you go watch a Montreal Canadiens game in a box, uh, we run those boxes, for instance. And so we're, we're very much a behind-the-scenes player. We also are uh, one of Tim Hortons' largest franchisees in Canada, so we own and operate over 180 Tim Hortons uh, stores across Canada. You'll never see a compass uh, person. You'll see a, a person that looks like a Tim Hortons employee. Uh, we, we run all those stores. So what we like to call a, a very humble behind-the-scenes player uh, that's serving millions of Canadians uh, every year. We serve four billion meals in the, in, across North America every year. So you look at that scale and the amount of food that we serve in all the different places, more than likely you're coming into uh, one of our locations. You may just not know it because we don't go to market as Compass Group. It's one of our various companies uh, that operate in the, the different industry verticals. It's really crazy. I never knew there was who is one of the largest franchises of a Tim Hortons because I just had a Tim Hortons earlier this morning. Having that many locations, do you get the opportunity to play with some innovation within your uh, assets or within your locations? Yeah, we do. So I mean, in our in a in a general uh, retail location, we will have things like uh, push marketing, which we do on signage. So we have these connected screens that are really beautiful looking. And then we've got a couple of people in this office here that would then push uh, messaging, marketing material. We, uh, we run a platform called Digital Hospitality, and we're now doing, uh, we actually just uh, crossed about a million dollars of mobile revenue in that platform. So, so we're doing um, every single quick serve restaurant in our platform. So Tim Hortons to Starbucks to every other retail uh, outlet you can think of. Uh, and we run that platform in all of our locations um, uh, in Canada in our top 100 accounts, and we're continuing to roll those out. So as we get more uh, widespread with our implementation of our digital platforms, um, we get to continue to trial and bring new things to the forefront. Awesome. And, and these digital platforms that you bring into your own locations, own service providers, is it an opportunity also to provide that as a service to your competitors? Yeah, we don't. So we we definitely don't sell our our opportunities to our our competitors. I mean that that is a big part of our competitive advantage is you know as our IP, uh, our intellectual property with with some of these technology offerings. But you know you can think of the the market generally in retail is is pre-order, prepay, mobile wallet, loyalty. I mean all of these things are out there. You know every retailer is looking at these things. So it isn't a secret. I think for us it's it's our team. It's our it's our user experience designers, it's our data scientists, it's our process of innovation, it's our industry-level partnerships with big players like Apple and Google. It's our thought process of how we innovate you know, as a services and hospitality company 
and not as much about the, the specific app or the specific thing that we're going to launch from a technology perspective. Um, but we were a pretty competitive uh, you know, organization in terms of how we operate versus our competitors. So you know, we, we hold those cards pretty close to our chest. Definitely. Sounds, sounds good to me. You started your career in the telecom industry. I mean, like myself, I grew in the telecom world starting at Nortel and now at Slingshot VoIP. Can you share with us or take us along your career, specifically how you grew and changed going from Bell Canada to Allstream and eventually landing at the Compass Group Canada? Like, what steps did you take to get here? Yeah, you know, when I started, uh, just when I was in uh, in, in university, um, I was actually running a little startup. So I was doing, um, I was actually doing um, uh, a startup that was looking at report development and web development back when not everybody was doing it. And so I got an opportunity for a couple of years to run, you know, a pretty small company, but uh, I started to grow and get a lot of clients. And that, that taught me a lot about the kind of person that I that I was going to be in business because I was I've always had an entrepreneurial streak. So um, I've always thought of how to make things better. And you know when you look at something, I'm always looking at how you know how is something working and and is there an opportunity to do things differently to maybe have a better experience or make make something particularly better. Um, you know from there I, I had an opportunity to uh, to learn a lot and grow and then eventually find my way into the enterprise space so I could get a little bit more experience of what it would be like to work in a larger company. And I ended up uh, working in Bell, uh, Bell Canada, for about five years. And I did everything. I grew up as a software developer. So everything from software development to building hardware infrastructure for, uh, for services like voice over IP and IPTV and uh, next generation networks. Um, and I had the opportunity to, to be uh, you know, really uh, schooled by a lot of really great technology leaders, whether it was development or whether it was on the hardware side. And over time, what I learned in my career, especially at Bell, was that technology is really, really great. But if you can find a way to take technology and actually take that as a basis and apply it to business, and if you can help businesses to grow, well, that would, I thought at that time, was my, that was my hypothesis, that I could start to differentiate myself. And I didn't know if that was true or not. And I met, met a lot of great people along the way. Um, and one of my colleagues today, we still work together, um, we, I remember speaking to him and saying that, you know, if, if we can find a way to impact the business, because we knew a lot about technology at that time. We were like technology rats. We were like, you know, have like gym rats and technology rats. I think they're also called nerds, but um, apparently nerds are cool today. But uh, you have the opportunity to really start to influence the way a business is run. And so that, that really was what I started to do at the tail end of my career at Bell. Uh, I learned a lot. I learned everything that I possibly could. So, for instance, if uh, if somebody was talking to me about a system solution or a software solution, and today you know it goes into things like mobile, I know the the basics and the and the groundwork and the build out of software or hardware and how it's done and labor rates and how how complex something is. So it's very difficult today for somebody to sit across the table from me and give me a story, a story that. I might be sold on and it might not be the real story because I can challenge and I understand the technology. The harder part was learning the business. And that's what I started to do at the tail end of my career at Bell uh, into my career at Allstream was you know, probably 70% business. And, and there I started to get involved and, and, and you know, work with the marketing teams, um, the HR teams, the operational teams in actually taking these pieces of technology and driving more sales 
or better operational efficiency, and all of those things drive top-line growth or bottom-line growth. There was a period of time, I think, towards the end of my career at Allstream, uh, where I, I really found, and I stumbled onto this thing, where I was like, if I could just now continue to harness this business mindset with this technology background, then that could continue to give me a really big edge. And, and I continue to play on that. And, and I was able to be uh, lucky enough to develop my brand into somebody who now today uh, you know, can bring technology to the table and bring some of the best partnerships and some of the best companies globally to the table to talk about partnerships and also not forgetting the technology and how important that is. But using all of that and translating that to drive business results. And today that's what I believe my, my brand has evolved into. Um, and that brand you know, wasn't something that I, if you had asked me 20 years ago, is, is that what you think your brand's gonna be? Um, I think a lot of it happened through learning, through trial and error. And uh, I firsthand saw that when you actually can help to, dr- to grow and drive a business, the rest of the opportunities come with it. Whether, whether you wanna build the next big thing from a technology perspective, whether you need a budget, whether you wanna hire people, whether you wanna start your own company, that, that's really a key. It's, it's a key because there's great technology leaders out there um, that, that can't necessarily speak in terms of the business and therefore they may not be able to convince the bank or the financier or the VC or their CEO uh, to spend the money to do that great idea, right? So you need, you need both. And I also find that in, in traditional um, you know, university, college, these aren't necessarily skills that you get taught. So these are things that you may learn in an MBA course, but it isn't until you get into business and you're, you're figuring this stuff out and it's real life that you, you figure it out. And you gotta figure out your own way. Everybody's you know, obviously different. No, that's, thank you for sharing that. It's an amazing to hear how you were, you made some transformational changes personally from being a tech nerd, tech geek, to really, I guess you would say you became curious about business transformation and really taking that business level. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was when you made that conscious choice to say, how could I improve the business? And if I could improve the business, how could I leverage the technology? Is, is that about right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, a great way to put it. The, the focus for me, I think along the way became really what, what is the business trying to do? And that wasn't always an easy answer to, to, uh, to receive a, or it wasn't always an easy question to get an answer to. Because in some cases, I didn't know the answer. I didn't know um, in, in sort of my middle management layer of my career what the senior management of my organization wanted to do. So I had to go out and hunt and find that. And sometimes my senior management didn't know the answer to that. And like they knew what they needed to do. But it wasn't kind of like, what are we trying to hit from a revenue perspective? What are we trying to do with customer retention? What does our consumer experience or our customer experience look like? You know, what's going to differentiate our company? What's our company strategy? You know, these are all questions that I, I really believe sitting here today that whether you're a technology leader or you're a business leader, you have to know the answer to. And yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't really matter if you're in an enterprise or if you're in a startup or if you're in a medium-sized company. Um, today, technology is the business. And... It doesn't really matter what business you're in. Technology enables your business. Now, it, it, it's not meant to say that if you're a, if you're a food company, you're, you're now a technology company. No, but technology is the basis of how businesses run. And uh, you know that's something to really get your arms around 
uh, if you haven't already. That's awesome. No, that's that's really great. Lots of good learnings there. Uh, the one last question and note, and it's really from the point of that when you realized how you could change the business and you were within an enterprise or your middle management, you mentioned your challenges was really getting this information. How did you, without stepping on people's heads or getting jumping over heads to find this information that you're looking for, how did you manage to, to do that dance? Yeah, and when you know what I learned along the way in my career was that if you can find a way to make other people successful uh, and help in whatever it is that they define as being successful to them, then you're going to be successful as a byproduct. So it isn't about you. And I think too many times there's strategies that take place in especially large organizations that are IT against finance or vice versa or pick any, pick any organization, not to pick on IT or finance. But what I found earlier, early on was that in my quest to get the answers to that so I could become a better leader and provide a better service, better technology, better ideas to be invited to the table was really to knock at the door of my peers. So for instance, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I went and knocked on the door of the director of marketing in my telecom days. Right now, I think I wasn't even at that level yet. But I knocked on the door and I said, hey, do you have half an hour? Do you have 10 minutes? Do you have five minutes? And I did that across all the leadership level. And my question for them was, what are you trying to achieve? What do you, because I want to be able to help. And that was it. I want to be able to help. I think we've got some really great technology ideas and business model ideas that we can help with. Um, let me figure out what you're trying to do and then just give me a shot to bring it back to you. And who's going to say no to that, right? If somebody walks, walks up to you and says, hey, what are you trying to achieve? I want to help you, right? As a human being, of course, you're going to resonate. It, it comes across as completely genuine, which it, which it was. And I would say that that simple mindset uh, is something that it really can unlock the power of leadership and thought leadership and progression in a business by partnering. And I, I really do sitting here today, you know, as a CEO of a technology company and inside a multi-billion dollar global company, uh, the power of partnerships and getting the best out of everybody in a situation, especially in a in a in a large enterprise, is really what makes a difference between. Uh, good businesses and great businesses. No, that's awesome, and I, I, de I definitely agree. And you're almost leading me to my next question here. And as your role changed and grew, obviously your teams changed, your responsibilities was always changing, and you had to grow with it. So tell me how how did you adjust and build yourself as an effective leader within an organization, whether it was before here. Or, or now, or how you continue yeah. to do your do that? That's a really good question. I think the, the main thing that stayed with me the whole way is what we've already talked about, which is how do you drive business results? If you can drive business results in your career, no matter what kind of business you're in, that's very difficult to argue with. And so people, not everybody's gonna like you. I think it's important that you have a career where you work, you, you work with everybody and you have good relationships with everybody. But let's face it, not everybody's gonna, gonna agree with maybe your strategy or whatever, but nobody can argue with the results. So if, if a company or if a department or in a division, and it doesn't really matter if you're the CEO of the company or if you're a software developer, there's certain things that your team, your group, your manager, your company, and as you, as you move up, 
It's at various levels, but the strategy is the exact same thing. So if you're able to drive the results, then you become more valuable in the system. And as you become more valuable in the system, you continue to drive those results. Well, guess what happens? More people want to be around you and want to be part of your team because they want to be part of that because they, they want to be successful within that similar kind of system. And I think at some point you get to, the, you get to a point where you've got a great collection of, and, and great, very smart people around you. And if those people then continue to drive those results, you now start to scale how big or how fast those results can grow. And that's when you start getting from a good business to a great business because you go from an individual idea to results at scale that really then start to impact the larger system in a business. Uh, and, and those things are, are, are critically important and I think are, are overlooked. So if you can drive business results consistently uh, and you can, you can build great teams that you, know, you don't ignore culture, you don't ignore what other people want to get out of it, so I talked about partnership before. You know, as you start to develop a team of people or even colleagues around you, it's important that you help your colleagues. Your colleagues will help you. That builds community. That builds culture. That builds a shared uh, cause, uh, and that all drive results. And you cannot argue with results in business. No, definitely. And and I really liked the point where you were talking about really helping your colleagues and your team members. And as your leadership grew within driving business, how did you have to transform to become that not only great leader, but it sounded like you did a lot of coaching. Maybe not, not so much now, but when you were growing your team and growing your culture and ultimately growing your team's culture, whether it's your, the organization or just yourself, would you say it's also a reflection of who you are, the culture that you're growing? Yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> you know, I go back to uh, family values, right? Um, I think you know the way I was brought up was to respect all people and respect the opinions of all people and help others and and I was always taught that if you do all of those things then you know the good things will happen to you and it's very much a, a you know a, a sort of a, a, fa- a family structure right if you think about a, a family like you've got you've got your your mom and your dad and then you've got kids and everybody supports each other and then you grow up as a family and I really look at my teams the exact same way. You know, we look at my teams as one big family. And so we're there to support each other. We're there to challenge each, each other. Uh, as goes with other families, not every day is perfect. You may have challenges. But if everybody understands, you know, why somebody may be pushing one day um, versus why somebody may be complimenting another day, I think all of those things, if you, if you share those beliefs, um, really differentiates how you get to high-performing teams. There's two gentlemen that are on my senior management team. Uh, one of the gentlemen I, I've worked with for 15 years. In fact, he was with me when we were at Bell Canada together. And then we, we stayed, uh, you know, at working together for, for multiple years, split up for a couple of years. He was doing some different things, but he's been with me for almost 15 years. And the other gentleman's been with me for 10 years. And so when I look at my senior management team, you know, there's inherent trust in that team. And I think regardless of whether you've been working for 15 years or one year, you need to you need to build that trust in your in your management team because there'll be lots of decisions to make, uh, sacrifices to make as you build a business or a startup or a medium-sized company, or if you're doing a project, you know you need great people around you. Uh, great people are, you know, the, the people always ask me uh, various conferences and events and things like that is, you know, how do you, how do you define innovation? And one of my favorite answers to that is, it's the people. 
You know, it's great bringing in great people and leveraging their capabilities and skill with a really great strategy, and you can achieve magic. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Hamza. Going to change gears a bit. I mentioned at the beginning that you're also on your days off, president at the CIO Association of Canada. Tell us, what is that association? What's, what's its goals? And why did you get involved in the first place? Yeah, a really, really great question. Uh, five years ago, I joined the association, um, actually close to the time that I joined uh, Compass Group. Um, you know, I've always been passionate about, as I, as I said to you at the beginning of, uh, of our conversation today, about leveraging technology to make the world better. And while that might sound, you know, like a like a pretty big statement, um, that's really the question I'm on: is how do you how do you leverage technology to make the world a better place? How do you use technology to help people? And whether that's in business or whether that's in day-to-day life, I think that's a it's a great opportunity. I think we've got lots of examples around us in the Canadian marketplace uh, and global marketplace uh, where where technology is tangibly making things better for people. Um, you know, I, I, with the association, when I joined, uh, we were, uh, we're an organization, Canada's only not-for-profit, it's a not-for-profit organization, but Canada's only national organization for CIOs and senior technology decision makers. Um, I joined that organization and, uh, and, and it was a great opportunity for me to meet other people in Canada. Um, prior to that, yeah, I, I, my network wasn't, my network was decent, but it wasn't a, a big network. Um, you know, today we've in the association we've got people from you know all industry verticals across Canada, and so uh, I joined in, in the Toronto chapter, and you know we did a whole bunch of work on events. Uh, we brought a lot of community, um, a lot of the community together with CIOs. There's about 110 CIOs in Toronto that sit on the CIO association, and. It's a collection of people who are CIOs in banks, big technology companies, services companies, um, the government, various places across Canada. But these are the who's who of uh, technology leaders in Canada that are driving innovation forward. Um, and as I grew in that organization and met people from you know, uh, Ottawa and Vancouver and Winnipeg and uh, you know, tr- the Toronto area and a whole bunch of other places, my network started to grow, and I started to meet people and learn from people in different industries. That, you know, it wasn't specifically what I was doing, but I took something out of what they were doing, whether it was on the people side, the culture side, the technology side, the partnership side, and that greatly helped me build my own strategies. Sounds like a really good initiative, great association. Do you, after five years and being the president? Would you say that the association is sort of your your peer group, your mentor group as well? Do you go there when you have a question within or a challenge within your your business? Yeah, I mean, we do. Uh, you know, we we run a, over a hundred events every year across the country. Um, we have really amazing partnerships with you know major major players in the Canadian marketplace. Uh, today, we stand at uh, 350 and growing <coughs> senior IT decision makers, CIOs, CISOs, and uh, almost everything in between now with technology. And these are the people that are fueling innovation forward in Canada. I mean, our, our members collectively um, represent over $2 billion in buying power in the country. Um, and about a year ago, I was asked to, uh, to, to stand for, uh, for the president's role. And uh, I was lucky enough to be voted in by my peers. 
And so today, I you know I, I humbly serve as the president of the association, and you know we're, we're we're doing lots of partnerships in the Canadian marketplace to to make innovation in Canada go faster. And you know it's it's our belief that we've got all the tools in Canada, the brain power, the the money, the ideas that are happening, and and the startups. I think Toronto is now ranked very very closely after New York and uh, San Francisco for technology and innovation talent and startups and uh, you know I'm proud to now on, on the Canadian side have a, a really great technology team that's that we're keeping here in Canada and growing this uh, Compass Digital Labs organization in Canada uh, you know with the base here we, we, we exist in other places in the United States as well but we have a, a strong group of people here but there's great talent there's all the recipe the recipe for really groundbreaking innovation in Canada uh, there once was with with companies that you know maybe don't exist anymore, um, but I think the next generation of those companies is right around the corner. From a CIO association standpoint, you know we bring the the best and brightest technology minds together in the country to keep those conversations going, so that as a country we can continue to have an edge uh, and 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 come up with the next big thing, which I believe we're already doing. That's awesome, and it's great that you're leading an association across the country that that's able really to drive, and and also have a focus on being Canadian, being a Canadian technology. I know in the past, myself being Canadian, sometimes the successful companies may not be recognized as being Can Canadian once you leave Canada. So it's really great to hear that, especially within an association, and and really driving that forward. So I got a couple of things, really, before we. We wind down here, and I'm really enjoying this. I'm really learning a lot from you, Hamza, so thank you for your time again. But if I were to ask your team, what is the best leadership quality you possess, what would they say? Yeah, I would say if you were to ask most people, I guess there's, there would be two things. One is we have a pretty, pretty direct strategy on the things that we are doing. So there's very specific things that we're trying to do as a technology organization supporting a... Uh, 16 billion US dollar North American organization uh, and so that that's very clear to everybody there's things we do and there's things we don't do um, there's there's deliverables that we have to have by a certain time and those things are, are things that we uh, take very seriously in terms of our ability to deliver solutions to the marketplace um, but I would say to answer your question directly because those things are in place the best leadership quality I would say my people would would, would highlight would be that uh, we let smart people here at Compass Digital Labs be smart people we don't micromanage people um, we hire the best and the brightest people so our teams are made up of mobile developers data scientists user experience designers uh, project managers technology implementation people from a, uh, uh, from a hardware perspective we even build out hardware concepts uh, around retail and we just we let those people that come in that are very very smart uh, coming in from all different kinds of industry verticals in Canada startups to big tech to medium-sized companies uh, and do this do the great things that they do and I think that's one of the best things a leader can do is get out of the way have a strategy uh, know that you know drive a really great culture reward people look after people uh, challenge people but get out of their way there's too many times uh, that leaders get in the way of greatness from their staff. Um, it's a shame when that happens. And so we, we purposely have a culture of 
set the strategy, make sure the culture, everybody understands what the culture is. They just get out of the way, let people deliver. And when you do that, you see the true value in some of these teams. I mean, our folks do, do magical work. It's, it's really amazing uh, what we've been able to do with some of these strategies. I love that. You almost need to paint that on your office wall here. Just get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. It's the least complex thing I think you can do, right? It, most of the stuff isn't that complicated. Uh, no, definitely, definitely. And, and to that point, and, and maybe this might be the hardest question, but we're always learning. I believe we're always learning. And if you could improve one aspect of the way you lead, your leadership style today, w w what would you want to work on right now? Well, I, never, I, I think you can never be too organized. And, you know, we, we support um, so much work out there uh, in, the, in the company and the organization we run in. Um, you know, lit literally, uh, you know, thousands of people and projects and priorities that are happening. Um, the question is, how do you keep, keep yourself organized and how do you keep your team organized? So all of the things that I talked about right now, where it's strategy and culture and people and hiring and business goals and all those things. Those things are all really important. If you can't keep organized and keep those priorities straight 365 days a year, people get confused. I get confused sometimes with the numbers of things that are going on. You know, you add that on to uh, the not-for-profit work I do with the CIO Association of Canada, and there's a thousand things to do there as well. So for me, it's really keeping up to speed with all the things I have to do. Um, usually on a, on a Sunday night, uh, I'll go through in my head or on, uh, or on my computer all the things that I need to do that week. I'll sort of review my week and make sure I have the priorities straight. And I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to follow up on things when I need to follow up on things. So what, I use a multitude of technology uh, uh, services to do that, software services to do that. But I would say at a high level, keep organized and, and keep executing on the plan that you've, you've set out. Oh, definitely. I agree with you. And on the organization side, for me, I like to, I like to tell people, a lot of people look at me and they tell me I'm pretty well balanced. But I am a student of time management given your responsibilities here, your non-for-profit, what do you do to help manage, I mean, your own time? What tip can you teach us outside of the Sunday night things? Like, what helps you keep balanced? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the best, so is your question on balance in terms of business life, personal life, or is it more on time management and business? Business. I think it's, I think it's, <laughs> in my life, I think it's all the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say you have to, you have to, very purposefully manage your time with all the things that you have to do. So, you know, I mentioned two uh, two different things that I do from a from a business perspective. But you know, you also have your family life, and you've got your health and wellness life as well. So, you know, if you need to to go to the gym, if you need to go work out, if you need to go play basketball, uh, if you need to go see your friends, if you need to go out with your friends or family, I think you need to plan all those things out, and and you have to be very careful in the way you plan out your weeks and your months uh, and, and you know once you uh, in your in your career you, you've got many many things going on the, the more and more things happen and it gets faster and faster and all of a sudden you look back and you go how the heck am I gonna get through all this stuff so I would say it, it's very carefully planning out you know your days your weeks your months focusing on, on the things that matter the most to you both in your personal life and your professional life uh, it is a balancing act, and I think once once you are you know operating um, a company and you're responsible for hundreds of people or multi million dollars worth of strategy or billions of dollars worth of business, 
and business objectives, I think that gets uh, you know faster and faster. So mastering that uh, at an early stage, I think, is uh, is a critical skill. And I think one thing you really mentioned just a couple of minutes ago is really understanding your priorities and priorities based on clients, on projects, and people who work for you and your family as well. So it's really understanding your priorities and and, and know everything else is not important. Not to say not everything is important, but your priorities are number one. For me, I have a nine-month-old daughter, so I understand my priorities changed over the last nine months. So it's really changed the way my outlook too as well and really understanding my priorities. So Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. So before we end, Hamza, can you share any final thoughts, any actionable recommendations that for the future technology leaders that are out there listening that they're looking to grow their career as well? Yeah. So I would summarize it, um, Edwin, with a couple of things. I would say know your craft. You know, whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's technology or whether you're a lawyer, whether you're any other, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. The, the skill sets of whatever, whatever it is that, you, that your baseline career is going to be focused on, those have to be there. You have to be a great lawyer, a great doctor, a great technology person. Those things are table stakes. So if you haven't done that yet and you're growing that, get that. Get the skills, the technology skills, in, in our case, in the technology industry, um, and really know your craft and focus in on what you're doing. Number two is, I think, have a very, very, very strong focus in learning the business that you're in. Doesn't matter what industry you're in. You know, we work in, in, in Compass Digital Labs and we work across every single industry vertical almost, <laughs> probably globally. But focus in on whatever your industry vertical is. Really learn it. Learn how it, it makes money. Learn how it grows. Learn about your consumers or your customers. I think that's really important. The third thing I would say um, is that learn how to drive things in a business quickly. People don't have a lot of time. And it might be great if you have a wonderful idea, but if you're gonna take, take too long, people are gonna lose interest. So learn ways that you can show the art of the possible. That's a, that's a very, very key thing that um, I've learned along the way and I continue to, to, to build on today. Show the art of the possible. When you show people the art of the possible, they'll wanna learn more. It'll buy you the runway to have another day to speak to them or to build something that's a version better than what you just built. Don't try to do it all at once. And I think if you do that, the last part I would say is be consistent because the more you do that, the more that will be your brand and the more results you're going to drive. And if you have that, you're going to lead to greater things in your career. The last thing I would say is that don't lose your own identity. Don't change. Just because you're a leader, it doesn't mean I'm a kid from Scarborough. That's kind of where I grew up. And... It doesn't really matter where I am in my career or what I'm doing or at what level. Uh, I am the same person today that I was 20 years ago. And I think it's important because you see sometimes leaders changing. Um, I think it's important to stay humble. I think it's important to stay grounded. And I think it's important for you not to change as an individual um, because I think there's a lot to be learned every day. And I I would just end it off by saying, learn every single day. Learn from everybody you meet and you'll be better because of it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. So to close, Hamza, please tell us where we could find more information from you, your company, and perhaps anything else that you'd love to share. Yeah, well, I would say uh, just find me on Twitter, uh, CEO Compass Labs. You can find me there, and uh, I'm usually tweeting and talking about various things that are happening in tech. 
uh, all over the place, uh, you can stay connected with me there. So I'd love to connect with the listeners uh, on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for joining the show, Hamza. Thanks very much for having me on. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Hamza. He's an amazing, amazing business leader. I really loved how he learned how to differentiate himself by harnessing the business mindset along with his technology background and really enjoyed hearing his story just knocking on the director of marketing's door just to find out what their goal is and how he can help them reach it and ultimately to that point how he finds to make other people successful by simply getting out of their way i want to thank our media sponsor it world canada canada's leading professional source for technology news and analysis and again thank you for joining me if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe and leave me a comment i'm eager to hear from you and how i can improve the show until next time edwin signing off thank you for listening to the business leadership podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. business